It's story time by our favorite English author, Annette Blyton. The Enchanted Wood, Chapter Nine: The House of the Three Bears. Bessie took a cushion, put it at the top of the slide, and pushed off. Down she went. Whiz! She shot to the bottom, flew out of the trap door, and landed on the cushion of moss. She had hardly got up before Fanny flew out of the trap door too. You know that slippery slip is the greatest fun," said Bessie. "I'd like to do that all day long." "Yes, if only we didn't have to climb all the way up the tree first," said Fanny. The trap door flew. Open and outshot Moonface on a yellow cushion. He put the three cushions together, whistled to the red squirrel who looked after them, and threw them to him. Then he turned to the waiting girls. "There's a train at midnight," he said. "We shall have to hurry." The wood was still bright with moonlight. The three of them hurried between the trees. Suddenly, Bessie heard the chuffing of a train, and she and Fanny stopped in surprise. They saw a small train winding in and out of the trees, looking for all the world like a clockwork train made big. The engine even had a key still in its side. There was a small station near. Moonface caught hold of the girls' hands and ran to it. The train was standing quite still there. The carriages had tin doors and windows which didn't open, just like those of a clockwork train. Bessie tried her hardest to open a door, but it was no use. The train whistled. It was anxious to be off. Don't you know how to get into this train? Asked Moonface with a laugh. You are silly. Just you just slide the roof off. As he spoke, he pushed at the roof, and it slid off like the roof of a clockwork train's carriage. I believe this is just a clockwork train made big," said Fanny, climbing over the side of the carriage and getting in at the roof. I never saw such a funny train in my life. They all got in. Moonface couldn't seem to slide the roof. On again properly, so he stood up inside the carriage. And when the train went off, Bessie and Fanny, who couldn't possibly see out of the tin windows, stood up and looked out of the roof instead. They did look funny. At the next station, which was called Gollywog Station, three Gollywogs got into their carriage and stared at them very hard. One was so like Bessie's own Golly at home, and she couldn't help staring back. The second station was called Crosspatch Station, and standing on the platform were three of the crossest-looking old women that the girls had ever seen. One of them got into their carriage, and the three Gollywogs at once got out and climbed into the next one. "Move up," said the Crosspatch angrily to Moonface. He moved up. The Crosspatch was an uncomfortable person to travel with. She grumbled all the time. And her basket, which was full of prickly rose sprays, kept bumping into poor Fanny. Here we are, here we are," sang out Moonface when they got to the next station. And the three of them got out gladly, leaving the Crosspatch grumbling away all to herself. The station was called Bears Station, and there were a great many teddy bears about—some brown, some pink, some blue, and some white. When they wanted to talk to one another, they kept pressing themselves in the middle where their growl was, and then they could talk quite well. Fanny wanted to giggle when she 
saw them doing this, it did look so funny. Please, could you tell me the way to the three bears' house? Moonface asked the blue teddy bear politely. The bear pressed himself in the middle and answered in a nice growly voice, Up the lane and down the lane and around the lane. Thank you, said Moonface. It sounds a bit funny to me, said Bessie doubtfully. Not at all, said Moonface, leading them up a little honeysuckle lane. Here we are, going up a lane, and now, you see, it goes downhill. So we're going down, and presently we'll turn a corner and go around the lane. He was right. They went up, and then down, and then around, and there, in front of them, tucked into a woody corner, was the dearest, prettiest little house the girls had ever seen. It was covered with pink roses from top to bottom, and its tiny windows winked in the moonlight as if they had eyes. Moonface knocked at the door. A sleepy voice cried, Come in! Moonface opened the door, and they all went in. There was a table in front of them, and on it were three steaming bowls of porridge, and round it were three chairs, one big, one middle size, and one tiny. It's the house of the three bears, all right, whispered Bessie excitedly. It was just like seeing a fairy story come true. We're here, said the voice from another room. Moonface went in with Bessie and Fanny. The other room was a small bedroom with a big bed in it, a middle-sized bed and a tiny cot. In the big bed lay a large brown bear, in the middle-sized one was a fat mother bear, and in the cot was a most adorable baby bear with the bluest eyes the girls had ever seen. Where's Goldilocks? asked Moonface. Gone shopping, said the father bear. Where does she sleep when she's here? asked Bessie looking round. And does she always live with you now? Always, said the father bear, putting his big nightcap straight. She looks after us very well. There's a market on tonight in the enchanted wood, and she's gone to see if she can buy some porridge cheap. As for where she sleeps, well, she just chooses any of our beds, you know, and we cuddle up together then. But she likes the baby bear's bed best, because it's so soft and warm. She did in the story, said Fanny. What story? asked the mother bear. Well, the story of the three bears, said Fanny. Never heard of it, said the three bears all together, which really seemed rather extraordinary to Bessie and Fanny. They didn't like to ask any more questions after that. Here's Goldilocks now, said the mother bear. The sound of a little high voice could be heard coming nearer and nearer. The baby bear sprang out of his cot and ran to the door in delight. A pretty little girl with long curling golden hair picked him up and hugged him. Hello, darling, she said. Have you been a good bear? Then she saw Bessie, Fanny and Moonface and stared at them in surprise. Who are you? she said. Moonface explained about Joe and how he had gone to the land of ice and snow where the big white bears lived. I'm afraid the magic snowman will make him a prisoner there, said Moonface, and he'll have to live with the white bears. Could you get your three bears to come with us and ask the white bears to let Joe go free, Goldilocks? But I don't know the way, said Goldilocks. We do, said the father bear suddenly. The white bears are cousins of ours. Moonface, if you can help us with a bit of magic, we can visit the land of ice and snow in a few minutes. 
Good gracious," said Bessie, most astonished. "But it's ever so far away, right at the top of the faraway tree." That doesn't matter," said the father bear. He took down a large jar from the mantelpiece and filled it with water. He put into he put into it a yellow powder and stirred it with a magpie's black and white feather. Moonface put his hands into the water and began to sing a string of such strange words that Bessie and Fanny felt quite trembly. The water bubbled. It rose to the top of the jar. It overflowed and ran onto the floor. It turned to ice beneath their feet. A cold wind filled the little house, and everyone shivered. Then Bessie looked out of the window, and what she saw there filled her with such amazement that she couldn't say a word, but just pointed. Fanny looked too, and whatever do you think? Outside lay nothing but ice and snow. They were in the same land as Joe, though how this had happened, neither Bessie nor Fanny could make out. "We're there," said Moonface, taking his hands out of the jar and drying them on his red handkerchief. "Can you lend us any coats, bears? We shall be cold here." The mother bear handed them thick coats out of a cupboard. They put them on. The bears already had thick fur and did not need anything extra. Now to go and find Joe," said Moonface. "Come on, bears! You've got to help." End of chapter.